Welcome in to the Fantasy Guys Podcast, Week 7 edition. Your normal two hosts are here, Brandon Ehrlich, alongside Spencer Smith. But we've got ourselves a special guest, Nick Lupkin, certified Bills fan in the building. How you doing, Nick? Uh, it's going pretty well. I'm happy to get this spot start here. Spot start in DBC. <laughs> spot starts around the, around the league. And a very interesting Thursday night game this week with an Eagles nail-biting win. What are your guys' takes on that game? Are the Eagles the team to beat in the NFC East right now? Um, what I took from that is I don't think anyone's really the team to beat in the NFC. We just saw the Giants beat the Washington football team by one and then probably should have beaten the Eagles there. I mean, if Evan, if Evan Ingram catches that, the game's over. But this division is pathetic. I honestly think the worst five teams in football are the four teams in this division and then the Jets. Like, it's going to be sad that someone has to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's it's good to see that uh, Philly has some playmakers now because especially at the wide receiver position because it seemed like they weren't really going to have any going into the season. Uh, but, yeah, seeing players like Richard Rodgers come in, Travis Fulgham, even John Hightower, the deep threat. Even Greg Ward, the former Houston University of Houston quarterback, who I was a big fan of in college. It's good to see him getting a role. Yeah, he's, he's had a solid few games in a row. Great play call at the one-yard line. Indeed. So one other big storyline from week six, in fact, is the Dolphins, after a blowout win of the Jets, benching Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is top 10 in many passing um, categories. What do you guys thoughts on this, defi- on this decision? We've got Tua now, the quarterback, at the helm for the Dolphins. I, I'm not sure about it. I really don't necessarily think it's the right time for this. Fitzpatrick leading his team, he's got the respect of his teammates. Spencer, what do you think? Um, I think that this means the Dolphins think that they're way ahead of where they originally, like where, what their plan originally was. Because last year, they bottomed out their entire roster, traded them all for picks, and then they were 0-8, and, and everyone was saying, this is 0-16. And then they actually finished the season 5-3. and So they've been respectable ever since that moment, going 3-3 three and three so far this season. Brian Flores looking like one of the Belichick disciples that actually works. It's a, it's a shocking revelation. But I think that they're ahead of where they, they planned on being, and they think that this roster is good enough to give Tua at least a chance, and it won't stun his growth like some of the other quarterbacks we're seeing around the NFL just playing with awful rosters and we don't know if they really have the talent, but they can't really prove it because they're on the giants or the jets. Yeah. It's interesting to see because Fitzpatrick was leading the dolphins. He led them back to 500. They're three and three. Now they had a big win against the Niners Fitz threw for 353 touchdowns, no picks. Not really sure why this was the time for them to sub him out, but we'll see what Tua can do, I guess. I actually think I have a strong opinion on this one. I think that the Dolphins had a a closed-door meeting prior to the season, um, and their plan was probably after the bye week to give two of the reins. They probably didn't think they'd be in the spot three and three, but I think it was a set plan. They drafted Tua high for a reason, so I think this is where we go. And transitioning from a new start to a fresh start, we've got Antonio Brown reports saying he's going to be signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, reuniting with Tom Brady, got Bruce Arians as head coach, a good offensive mind. What do you guys think his upside is here? He's getting added to a bunch of fantasy leagues. Do you think he's going to have relevant fantasy impacts when he gets out of the suspension in week nine? Um, I think he's a he's a definite add just off name alone and talent alone. It We'll see how it works out with Brady. But, I mean, it depends where they put him, really, because 
Godwin's kind of been their slack guy, some Scotty Miller in there. So maybe he takes the Scotty Miller snaps. He takes some on the outside, but this just became the best receiving core in the NFL. If Antonio Brown is anywhere near what he used to be. And I think, I think it's a case where it might actually benefit a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans because they'll be open more. Yeah, it was interesting to see this signing just because it's like Tom Brady, he's just have it, he just has another weapon added. Like Gronk, we saw he was even a factor last week. It'll be interesting and exciting to see what Brady can do with Antonio Brown for the second time in two years. Indeed, it'll be very interesting to see Tampa Bay with a big win over Green Bay last week scoring a bunch of unanswered points after the Packers jumped out to an early 10-point lead. So this could be the swing, and Tampa Bay could easily be the favorites in the NFC. And it's crazy that I'm saying that, but the Packers were the best team through six through five weeks, and Tampa Bay took them down with ease. So the NFC is wide, wide open right now. Let's transition into week seven. We've got a bunch of games this week. We've got a bunch of good matchups and a bunch of bad matchups in terms of our fantasy plays. Spencer, give me one of your favorite plays this weekend. Some guy in your team, on your roster, that you're making sure is starting this week. I am taking a combination. I think that Justin Herbert and Mike Williams both going to have huge days against Jacksonville. So far, Herbert's put up numbers against some pretty tough defenses he's played. He hasn't had it easy throughout his first four weeks. And this is kind of, I think, his first first, uh, layup of a game. And Mike Williams can be a big benefactor of that. There is the chance we get the Mike Williams classic goes for 25 one week it's zero the next, but I feel like he can ride that momentum with Herbert and it's a pretty bad Jacksonville defense. So I think, I think that Herbert and Williams are both plays here. Indeed. I think, I think the Chargers put up a lot of points this week. Nick, any thoughts on Herbert Williams this week? Herbert and Williams. I could see them having big weeks, uh, yeah, I could see them both having big weeks, especially going against the Jags defense. You never know with them. They're, uh, they've definitely been involved in a, with a couple of uh, shootouts this year. So, yeah, I don't know. Nick, anybody you think has a big week this week who you are starting in all your lineups? Honestly, as long as he's playing, I know he's questionable as of right now, but Jamison Crowder against the Bills, every single time I watch it, he ends up with either over 100 yards or 10-plus catches. I believe last year he had 14 catches for 99 yards, something like that. And and Darnold's back this week, right? Yeah. So, Darnold is back. And one more flag. Week one last year, so I think he's a, I think he's a shoe-in for at least 15 in a PPR. And for me, a start that might be a little bit off the grid, I think as a flex option, Traquan Smith will be a solid option this week for the New Orleans Saints. No Sanders, no Michael Thomas. Who's Drew Brees going to throw to? Not Alvin Kamara every time. Traquan Smith should find the end zone this week, should have a very solid, solid week. So there are some starts for the week. Who are we sitting this week, guys? Some guys that have bad matchups that we're not looking to get into our lineup this week. Spencer, let's start with you. You know, he kind of has a good matchup, but I'm going to go with a guy who's a fringe tight end. Depends how deep your league is, but Dalton Schultz, I feel like he's not going to have the same impact and it's going to be start to felt more that he's uh, he's got Dalton as, court, as his quarterback and not Dak. And in addition to that, the Cowboys have announced Zach Martin is out Sunday, meaning they will be playing without 
the entirety of their offensive line, basically. Schultz, originally with the Cowboys, he was a blocker. I think they'll use him more that way. I don't think he'll have a big week, even though Washington gives up the fifth most points to tight ends. Nick, what about you? Anybody you're sitting this week? I'm also going to go along with the tight end route. I think Johnny Smith might not have as big of a week as he's supposed to against Pittsburgh. They guard the tight end fairly well, and I feel like just coming off his worst week of the year, I could see that continuing, especially against such a stout defense. Yes, Smith was definitely banged up in that game, and we saw Anthony Frisker, Frixer, Frixer. secondary tight end. Frixer. Let's go. Frixer had a very, very good week, and um, now you have two tight ends to feed there as well as Derrick Henry to feed A.J. Brown. A lot of mouths to feed there in Tennessee. I think that Harvard could- legend Anthony Frixer, I may add. I think that could easily be the game of the week. Both teams playing very, very well to start this season. One sit for me this week has got to be from – I'm just avoiding this game as a whole. The San Francisco-New England game, I think this game is going to be a slugfest. I'm avoiding Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk in my lineup this week. I think if you got a guy like Trey Quan Smith or even a Christian Kirk, I think they're much better options, fringe options this week than guys from that game. I think Ayuk and Debo Samuel, despite their – versatility running the ball and catching the ball i think this game is going to be a slug a slug fest i think san francisco traveling across the country this sets up very well for new england i think it's gonna be a low scoring game and san francisco is not going to score that many points this week yeah i'm not sure what belichick's record is after two losses but i guarantee it's it's very good so i think his team will come out a lot more prepared against new england especially the defense yep i think this is going to be a very low scoring game. I think New England wins it, as I will mention later in the show. So now let's get into some fill-in starters, some guys we think could break out this week. Maybe not start this week, but guys looking towards the future that could make an impact. Spencer, what you got for me? You know, I wanted to I I'll give this guy a shout out because a lot of us drafted him in fifth, maybe sixth rounds, maybe a little earlier. DeAndre Swift on the Lions. It seemed like carry on just has kind of disappeared. Adrian Peterson clearly isn't the long-term plan and it was just pretty confusing why he wasn't playing that much or getting that many touches besides his, uh, his big week one drop. Maybe, maybe he's gotten over that because against Jacksonville, he had amazing game. I think he'll continue this momentum. He plays Atlanta who they're very bad against running backs. So I think he can kind of ride this momentum into being maybe not the starter, but getting uh, most of the snaps there in Detroit. Nick, what do you think? I think you should look no further than Gio Bernard, who's getting the start this week since Mixon is out with an injury. I think as long as he does well with the touch, with the amount of touches he gets, I could see him getting more touches in the future. I know he had a red zone touch last week. He got a touchdown. So, yeah. Very good. Pick there with Gio Bernard. The Browns, not a great defensive team. And in PPR leagues, we know that Bernard gets the catches. Now it's going to be his backfield to patrol with no Joe Mixon. For me, a guy that I think could easily break out this week is Gabriel Davis, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. No John Brown, I do believe. So we know, we know Diggs is going to be his solid, consistent self. But Gabriel Davis slotting into that number two wide receiver role. He was great in college at UCF. And we've seen Josh Allen look to him a bunch in the red zone. So I really think... Gabriel Davis got a big week this week and someone to stash on the bench where he could be a plug and play if Diggs or Brown misses a week or even not in the flex position if those have a good matchup. So now let's get into some bold calls fantasy-wise. Each of us are going to go down the line 
one by one, picking a player that we think is going to have an absolutely monster week. We'll give a stat line prediction. We'll give our explanation. Spencer, let's start with you. We know where your where yours is coming from. You've highlighted this game already. Yeah. What you got? I will. Uh, I will first comment on my last week's bold prediction of Lavisca Chenault coming in with I think three catches for eleven yards. So I'm going to the team he played. I'm picking TJ Hawkinson versus the Atlanta Falcons. I'm feeling eight catches, buck 50, two touchdowns. This is going to be a monster game, at least 25 points. You look at Atlanta versus tight ends. They're giving up the second most per per game to, to tight ends this year. And the list they've played has not even been stellar. There's no Kelsey. There's no Kittle. There's no Waller. There's none of the top guys. It's Greg Olson, who scored his only touchdown of the season against him. Dalton Schultz. Got 37 of his points this season against them. Jimmy Graham, 36 of his points against them. Robert Tanyan, 30 points and 51 of them were, or 51% of them were against the Falcons. They played the Panthers. They got a bye. The Panthers don't use tight ends in the passing game. And then they got Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph and Kirk Cousins clearly was not interested in winning that football game. So they haven't played a stellar group at all, and they're still giving up the second most. This is probably the most talented tight end they've played so far, and I think he's going to have a great week. Hawkinson, great play. Adding on to that, we know when Stafford has the chance to use his tight ends, he will. We saw him use them earlier this year against the Arizona Cardinals, so I think I agree with that Hawkinson to have a big, big week, and going off that against Arizona, four for 50, Four for 53, so solid week there from Hawkinson. I think he gets in the end zone this week as well. Nick, what do you think? Who are you going with as your bold call this week? Going off of Stafford and the Lions, I'm going to that game. They're playing against Atlanta, and I have a weird feeling about Brian Hill this week. I feel like if he gets his red zone touches, I feel like he could have two combined touchdowns, maybe 10 rushes. I know he had 10 carries last week, maybe 10 rushes. He gets it up to 50 yards with a rushing touchdown, and receiving touchdown i feel like he could have a big week against the lions ryan hill definitely an interesting call there for me i'm going to go to the green bay houston game i think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the day total at 57 i'm going to take a bold call from the green bay side though houston ranks last in the league in rushing yards allowed i think green bay will have a field day i think whoever starts between aaron jones and jamal williams as we're recording aaron jones is questionable more so than doubtful so we'll see if he plays. But I think whoever starts between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams goes for a combined 185 yards and two scores between the run and the pass game. I think it's going to be a big week for the Green Bay running back duo. Those are our bold calls. Now let's get into our favorite section of the Fantasy Guys podcast, our game picks against the spread. We'll start it off with Cleveland traveling to Cincinnati. A good effort in the first half by Joe Burrow last week, but wasn't able to hold on. Cleveland, three-point favorites on the road. I'm going to take Cleveland minus the three here. I think without Joe Mixon, it will be a big impact. And Joe Burrow, despite having an okay performance in Cleveland earlier this year, I think Cleveland takes this game with ease. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I have Cleveland winning this game, especially with no Joe Mixon. They're depleted. Uh, Cleveland just has that high-powered offense that I don't think the Bengals' defense will be able to keep up with the whole game. Yeah, um, a lack of mixing, that kind of sucks for them. I mean, Geo can still get it done with that mustache, but it's probably not looking too good. And William Jackson, their top corner, he'll be out. This could be an Odell day. It could be a uh, Jarvis Landry day. We'll see. 
We'll see if Baker can actually throw a football, but I'm trusting Cleveland here. Yep, Baker's still struggling with the ribs, another thing to keep an eye on. Now we go to the nation's capital where Dallas travels to face Washington. The total here is at 45, dropping four points from the opener. The game is a pick em. Pick your winner here. I will take the Dallas Cowboys. I think Andy Dalton bounces back here. A bit of an overreaction with this line, in my opinion, against Arizona um, as a reaction to the Arizona game. I think he underperformed. He knows that. The team knows that. Short week, but I think they'll bounce back. Dallas wins here. What do you guys think? Nick, we'll start with you. I agree. I have Dallas winning this one as well. I think as long as Zeke isn't putting the ball on the ground, they don't turn it over. I just think they're the better team all around. Wow. Shockingly, I am the one who is not picking the Cowboys, but I I just don't see. I mean, they could win this game, but I think Washington honestly has a better chance. Our defense is not going to stop them. So offense really isn't going to be an issue for Washington. I don't believe it's not like the Cowboys are really gaining anybody. Um, and then the O-line for the Cowboys. I mean, it's been bad, but it's it's getting even worse. Cameron Irving is taking his first snaps of the year. Connor McGovern is making his first start of his career. Um, our worst offensive lineman coming into the season is now the best on the line. So I really don't see how the Cowboys pull this off, especially with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, that nasty Washington D-line. I just think that the game is won there. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be painful, but I'm I'm going with Washington. It wouldn't surprise me to see Washington win either put both of those teams at two and five in that NFC East division. The division is the worst. (laughs) Now we go to Atlanta where Detroit takes on the Falcons. The Lions takes on take on the Falcons. Atlanta holding as a two and a half point favorite here. They are one in five, but they're a good one in five team in my opinion. They don't play defense, but they play offense well. The total here is at 55. I like the over and I like the Falcons here. I'm going to take the home team to win this game. I think Hawkinson still is a big game. I think the Lions still have a big game. There'll be a lot of points, but I think the Falcons pull this game out. Maybe a young way coup winner, but give me the Falcons here. Nick, who you got? I hate to keep agreeing, but I have the Falcons as well. I think their inability to hold leads was not all due, but partly due to the fact that Julio's been in and out all year. But they got Julio back last week. They had a closer. They had someone to get them those extra yards. So, yeah, I have Atlanta holding on to this one, too. Shootout. Very high-scoring game. Yeah, having um, having Julio back for Matt Ryan is huge. Kind of really opens up the rest of the offense. I'm still going to take Detroit here. I think that Atlanta's defense is just – it's really bad. I mean, if it if Dan Quinn was really that big of a problem and they come out and they, they have another solid defensive game, then I'll change my opinion. But – the uh, the data before would suggest otherwise. Or if Brian Hill scores two touchdowns. Brian Hill could score two touchdowns. <laughs> now we go to New Orleans, where New Orleans is seven-point favorite against the Carolina Panthers. No Michael Thomas. No Emmanuel Sanders. I think Carolina keeps this game close. Despite New Orleans coming off a bye, I think Carolina keeps this game close. Low scoring, but close, given the Carolina Panthers plus seven points here. Yeah, seven yeah. seems seems a little fishy, doesn't it? Yeah. For for Michael Thomas being out too. I mean, the the Saints have not really looked like like world beaters this year. I mean, we haven't seen them fully with their roster, but I like I like Carolina plus seven. I mean, it does seem fishy, which I might just stay away from it. But I think we could easily see Carolina stay in it. Yeah, I I agree with that. 
very good indeed. Now we go to the Bills taking on the Jets. Bills, 10-point favorites. You guys know me. I'm a Jets fan. You know what to do. Take the Bills. Lay the 10 points. See you at the payout window. What you guys doing? Yeah, Bill, uh, I got the Bills winning. Hopefully it's by more than we won week one. Yeah, I mean. It was a lot closer than I hoped. The Bills are coming off two straight losses. I think this this will be the game where they, they get it back together because they're not. They're not a four and three team, especially with a with a loss to the Jets. Also hope to see the defense step up. <laughs> now we go to the next game on the slate, which is a Green Bay against Houston. Green Bay is holding as a three and a half point favorite. I think Houston wins this game outright. It's the second tough game in a row for Green Bay on the road again. Houston played a very, very good game, a questionable call by Romeo Cornell to go for two. I kind of like the call because it would have won them the game if they did convert and you're putting trust in Deshaun Watson's hands. I think it was a great call given the fact your team has a losing record in the season. But I think Houston wins this game, a nice bounce back to them. I think it goes over 57 as well. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to point out the fact that Houston just played very well against Tennessee. Almost won the game, like you said, if it weren't for that missed two-point conversion. I also like the call. I think it's a close game, but I think Green Bay, Mason Crosby field goal wins it. Yeah, I um, I like – both of you, I love that two-point call. I mean, I think we should be more aggressive. You put the ball in the, the the hands of your best player, who Deshaun Watson, definitely the Texas best player. Actually, J.J. Watt probably. But, um, yeah, I like Green Bay here. I think they'll have a bounce-back game. Houston, they've looked good under Cornell so far, but that it's been two division games, so I don't know if we know the true value of them yet because division games can be a little little wild sometimes. Now we go to San Francisco traveling to New England, cross country. New England holding as a minus two and a half favorite here. Cross country travel, that's enough for me. Give me New England minus a two and a half. What do you guys do? And Nick, let's start with you. Yeah, like you said, cross country travel, it's tough. Um, I have the I have the Niners winning this one. I was really impressed the way they played last week, especially Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. No Mostert again, but I think they'll still have enough firepower on both offense and defense to get it done against new england yeah what i said earlier about belichick i don't think he's losing three in a row and if he does i will be shocked i'll take the pats now we've got kansas city traveling to denver this game's very interesting kansas city eight point favorite on the road at denver give me the chiefs to cover here i think it's an overreaction to denver's performance last week newton didn't look great give me the chiefs this week laying the eight in denver nick what are you doing i could see this being a close game just because divisional uh, you saw Kansas City lose to the Raiders. I don't know what it is about it, but I could see it being close. I think Kansas City might go down early, but they'll come back. They have enough playmakers. Give me the Chiefs. You know, give me Denver to cover. They uh, they love playing at home. It's getting it's getting that time. It gets a little cold up there in Colorado. I'm feeling Denver. Now we go to the flexed game. Tampa Bay traveling to Las Vegas. If this game plays, we know Las Vegas has some COVID concerns. Tampa Bay holding as a three and a half point favorite. I think I think Tampa Bay wins this game. I think they cover. This line is a little bit sketchy to me, though. Tam- a bit of an overreaction to Tampa Bay's performance last week. And we know that the Raiders like to play well at home, but give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to cover the three and a half here. Yeah, I mean the Raiders O line playing kind of kind of a big deal, but I uh, I'll take the Raiders honestly. I Tampa is good, but I don't I don't know if they're as good as people think they are. I don't think they're their top team in the NFL type good. I think that's still got to go to Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks, one of them. But um, 
But yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the Raiders, the Raiders have won about every single game that I didn't expect them to win and have lost every game. Yeah, vice versa. So I'll take I'll take the Raiders. I feel like the Raiders are uh, Tampa Bay is coming off of a great game, obviously, against the Packers. I think they'll slow down. I think I'll take the Raiders. Now we go to the game of the week. Pittsburgh traveling to Tennessee. Tennessee's holding as a minus one and a half point favor here. This one's very, very interesting to me. I think Tennessee wins the game here. I think Tannehill plays a good game. I think Tennessee wins. But it's going to be a great game, very close. Give me Tennessee. Yeah, it's interesting. Battle of the undefeated. Um, Tennessee's been very impressive. I I have to believe that they're going to keep up with the impressive games. I'll take Tennessee. I honestly think Pittsburgh's kind of a little overrated themselves just based off record alone, but I actually picking them to win here. Taylor Lewan being out for the season, kind of huge for the Titans. They were, they were just pounding the ball down people's throats. And now it's going to be a little harder. They still got Derrick Henry and they still got the rest of the line, but Lewan was really good for them. And I think the Steelers just their run defense, they're just going to abuse them, but I think it'll still be, still be close be a very fun game now we go to jacksonville traveling to la to take on the chargers i think the chargers cover here it's seven and a half the point spread justin herbert looks phenomenal in his games as the starters very tough matchups including ones at tampa and at new orleans where he played great first half just couldn't close out in the second half i think he shows out here i think it's a massive massive game i think the chargers win by 13 14 points yeah, I mean, I can't have them as the start of my week and then have them not covering. That'd just be criminal. So, Chargers. <laughs> yeah, Chargers as well, I think. I think I like how Herbert's played. Now we go to our two primetime games, Seattle traveling to Arizona. Seattle holding as a three-and-a-half-point favorite here. This is a very tough one for me. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm not going to pick a side. I'm going to take the over 55 instead. Fun Sunday night game. Give me the over. I think this is going to be Seattle's first loss. I think Arizona wins straight up in a very close one. Just every division game's wild. Every Seattle game's wild. It's always a one-score game. I think one of them's not going to go their way eventually, and as good a one as this one. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I feel like something's get, something has to go wrong at some point for the Seahawks. Divisional game, it'll be close. It'll be entertaining. It'll be down to the wire. Give me the Cardinals here as well. Very tough to go. Very, very tough to go 6-0. and And now we go to our Monday night football matchup between two very overrated teams, in my opinion. The 5-1 and one Bears against the 4-2 and two Rams. The Rams, six-point favorites here. Give me the Rams to cover. I think that they win this game with double digits. A good bounce-back spot for them. And the Bears are very overrated, especially on the road. I think it's a tough spot for them. Give me Bears, Bears. I mean, give me Rams, Rams, Rams. What was that line again? Six for the Rams. Six. Six for the Rams. I'll take the Bears to cover. I don't know if they're going to win per se, but I feel like they'll do enough to uh, slow down the uh, Rams offense to at least be in it to like, I don't know, get a garbage time touchdown at the end and cover. I feel like it could be one of those games. I feel like it could be one of those games that LA will win about 20 to 10, maybe a, maybe a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. I just... I feel like that offense just isn't very good. And I feel like it's a bad matchup for the Bears, to be honest. So I got the Rams winning. So we've got a very interesting week seven ahead of us. Good luck with your fantasy lineups. Good luck with your bets. And we will catch you same time next week. And once again, thank you to our special guest, Nick Lupkin, for joining. We'll have a new special guest next time. And 
Maybe we'll reconvene with Nick down the line. Thanks again for tuning in. Adios. See ya. Thanks for having me.